I'm Carl and welcome to the 4th Street Digital Podcast episode 4. Um, thank you so much if you are coming back to us, if you're a new listener, welcome. In this podcast I cover ideas, practices and techniques for online teaching and learning and in this episode I'm going to be talking all about the 5 E's model of designing online learning. So this is a, a relatively simple instructional design model. It's been around for quite some time and maybe one you've heard of before, but it essentially covers five key areas, five different ways of students engaging and learning. And I, the reason I really like this model is because it very much places students at the centre of the learning because each area ensures that they dive deeper and deeper and, that, and also that they're practising different techniques and that they are learning different things and different um, strategies for learning as they're going along and they essentially are um, building a lot of self-reflection as well which I think is really really important particularly in online learning where people are doing a lot more self-study they may not be getting as much feedback as usual and um, you know you don't have that immediate feedback of being in the classroom and asking that question and there's a lot more kind of self-discovery as well with online which is fantastic and it, it really allows for a larger scope of of results, which I think is really, really exciting. So I want to kind of dive into this model. Um, so the areas, the five areas are engage, explore, explain, elaborate and evaluate. So starting with the first area, which is engage. So this is all about getting those students engaging um, you know, from the initial. So things like doing some brainstorming, understanding their perspective, asking them questions and opinions. How do they feel? What are they curious about? So it could be, you know, a specific topic um, within your course, a specific training thing. And this is something that you can't, you don't just use for um, sort of higher education and students. You can use this for any type of learner. And um, whether that's um, you have a small business and you're running a training, you know, you've got training sessions that you need to run. You can still use this model for that. This is um, definitely designed for um, longer term solutions, but you can use it um, for any type of learning. So going back to that first model, Engage, starting off um, really just getting people excited about the topic, getting them engaged with the topic. So as I said, just thinking about asking those questions. So this could be that you run um, something like a discussion forum, for example. You might want to run um, a forum on your virtual learning environment. Um, It might be that you've got a Teams chat that you have open and just start asking those questions posting those questions in there and you might want to start with a few leading questions but then really trying to let people um, engage with that and tell you what they don't know, tell you what they want to learn and you can also use interesting things like um, Microsoft Forms, you could use polling software to sort of pull out those questions and those areas people are curious about and you can use something like Padlet for example. Padlet is a great tool for hosting um, lots of different collaborative ideas in one place. So sort of like boards um, that people can tack onto um, lists of things. So it may be that you start the Padlet board with um, specific topics and people can like post under them questions or thoughts or ideas. Or it could be that you, you leave it completely blank and you just let the students pull out whatever whatever comes to them from looking at that task. So that's really the first area. Then we move into explore. So explore is all about students going deeper into that idea or topic and um, getting them to get really hands on with their activity. And 
and ideally getting them to work together and collaborate as well to explore some of those questions. So everything that's come from that first stage of you know pulling out what kind of questions, what well, where are the knowledge gaps, what are the things we don't know, what do we want to know about this topic, then taking that into exploring. So how are we going to actually investigate and research this topic in further detail and if you can get students working together on that that's absolutely fantastic because the collaborative approach pulls out so many more ideas that they and, and debate as well which is really really important so thinking of ways we might be able to do that you can absolutely have student complete something offline so ask students to um, for example just research take some notes and um, maybe if you're teaching a practical subject you could ask them to go away and draw something or create something using different materials or you could ask them to do an experiment or you could ask if it's a training session for example you could ask somebody to go away and record something and just play I think that's one of the key things we don't play in learning enough in my opinion I think Play is a really, really important part of learning and we do it a lot as children and then as we become adults we kind of forget about it and it's almost um, seen as sort of, not embarrassing, but it's, it's sort of seen as a way that people are scared to get things wrong and I think that's the key thing. People worry that they're going to get something wrong and people don't have time, but, but actually involving that bit of play can be really engaging for, for any sort of learner. So pulling together, you know, getting students to work offline and then taking a photo of something and upload it online or uploading a recording or a video, whatever it is, and asking them to put it, put it in one place so that other students can then review it and explore it as well. You could ask them to take part in a virtual debate. So you could ask people to come together in a live lesson or in a discussion forum, a Teams group, um, you know, any sort of virtual space where you, all of your learners can come together. So something like um, Google Docs, for example, you could have people collaboratively work on one document. Um, OneNote is a great tool for this as well. Um, OneNote works internationally too. I know Google has some issues with that. So thinking about tools that you can use to get people to, to collaboratively work together and just sort of explore and play with the topic. Um, and really... Um, engage in more in-depth research um, and and question each other and question the topic and I think the the key to this this sort of section this area is to really let the students let your learners move things around make make mistakes gather their data question things and not necessarily be intervening too much so really focus on that explore attitude so then we move on to area three and area three is all about explaining. So we've asked students to um, engage in the topic. So what do they not know? Um, what questions, what kind of things do they want to do? Then we've asked them to explore that topic. So begin that research, begin thinking about the topic. Um, we've maybe asked them to, to, to experiment a bit, to do a bit of, um, to do a bit of work, practical work. Now we're asking them to explain what they've learned. So can they explain their findings? What what did they come up with? What were the kind of things that they found that didn't work so well? What what did work well? Um, so this could be facilitated in a number of different ways. So thinking about, again, using things that you have in your virtual learning environment. So things like discussion forums. You could absolutely set up a discussion forum asking students to go in and explain 
you know, what, what they found from that section, what, what sort of things did they come up with, what, what sort of things did work and didn't work. Um, again, share documents, um, this OneNote, Google Docs, Padlet, fantastic tool. Um, but you could also facilitate this section through a live lesson. So you could ask students to do the first um, few sections before the live lessons and bring their findings to your live session. So the same if this was a training session, you can ask your learners to complete some activities before that kind of flipped classroom approach and then come to the lesson and, and be prepared to kind of explain their findings. And it could be you ask them to create a shared PowerPoint. Um, it could be that you ask people to create like a shared document, a shared presentation. And um, you can use really interesting tools, things like Flipgrid is a fantastic tool. Um, and it basically you can upload little videos um, and it, it, it pulls them all together. So each of your learners could go on and upload a very short video with a little explanation. And it can be, you can you can make this kind of as prescriptive or non-prescriptive as you like. So for some learners, they will find it useful to have a set of bullet points. So you might have three or four bullet points of things you want them to cover in their explanation. But it's also really key to allow learners a bit of freedom to share their learning and their experience. So you don't want to kind of hem it in too much. But I think a real key focus here is encouraging your learners to evidence their explanation. So getting that idea of having to evidence your claims really early on works so well in this scenario. So thinking about, um, yes, they have to explain their learning, they explain their findings, but they have to provide the evidence to back that up. So again, it may be that you use a shared space for that to happen, or they complete a sort of short formative um, assignment that they hand in and you give some feedback on, but definitely working collaboratively to do these things would, would work really well as well. And then the next area is elaborate. So this is all about basically getting the students to take their learning further. So essentially, we want them to take what they've learned and apply that knowledge to something else, so to a different scenario, to a different topic, um, and, and, and focus on the connections um, that they've made and how they've got to where they are. And I think, um, you know, there's lots of ways that you can do this. I think it works really well to give students a scenario or a few scenarios and you can you can really, really engage in some great interactive storytelling here. So you can give them a topic, you can get them to connect things together and use what they've learned to connect those pieces and to basically apply that topic to something else. You could ask students to create a vocab or word list around the topic. Ultimately, it's about putting the creation in the hands of the students. So you're asking the learners to be the creators in whatever format that is. So you may want them to um, create their own scenario, for example. That would work really well and say, OK, how could you apply this in a real life example? And I think that is another key way to keep learners engaged. Um, think about what connection does this topic have to them, to the wider subject area, to the wider world? How can they connect that to a real life example? Um, and ultimately also allowing the students to learn from each other. So having um, an area where you upload all of these things so that students can then discuss them and and pull out those, those great ideas. And then the last key area is to evaluate. Now obviously we know evaluation is just so extremely important in any type of learning, but really this is about encouraging self-reflection um, encouraging them to think about the whole process. So it's not just about what they learned, but it's about how they learned it, 
what stages they went through um, you know what things did they get wrong what things did they get right how did they come up to those conclusions and and also how do they measure their learning so how do they see what they started at and what they're at now and how do they measure that and these are sometimes quite big ideas and, and difficult for a lot of learners particularly if you're not used to self-reflection it's not something you do very often it's not something you've been asked to do before so thinking of ways we can we can sort of encourage this um without being too heavy on the students so things like quizzes you can create some short quizzes and um, whether that be in something like microsoft forms or um, something like mentimeter you can also use quizzing software that's built into your VLE and ask students just to complete sort of short self-analysis tests that they then get the results back for straight away and then they can then use those results to then write a short reflective piece. You could ask students to keep sort of self-reflective journals through the whole process. So through this whole topic or subject area, however long um, your training or your live le your this lesson goes on for, ask students to keep a reflective journal and encourage them to write, you know, a short paragraph or a couple of paragraphs each day or each week or however often your classes are. Um, and, and that will help with that sort of reflective piece. You could use this point to ask students to submit a formative assessment or even a summative assessment, something that's graded, that um, basically lets them pull all of the, these pieces together and, and really evaluate on that strongly. So those are the five areas and it's a very kind of quick introduction that I wanted to just kind of cover it because I think, again, it's a really, really good model. But some key things to think about that this process, as much as it was designed originally as a linear process, so you go from step one, step two, through to step five, actually, you know, the more we discover, the more we do online learning, the more we realise that these steps are, are not linear at all. The steps really, really inform each other and you may move back and forward from one to the other. So you may come to, for example, step three, where you're explaining what you've learned and you realise actually when you're trying to explain it, that maybe you need to go back a step, maybe you need to go to explore and you need to explore a little bit further. Or when you come to evaluate what you've learned and you're evaluating and you're thinking about it, you think, actually, I don't think we fully explored um, that particular topic and I want to go back and I want to explore that further or I need to elaborate on something more and you can switch back and forth between these and students should be really encouraged to move among them because it's not about this rigid linear process but these steps these five steps can help you when you're designing your online materials so I've given some suggestions so far already on different tools you can use to facilitate some of these but when you're putting together your course materials or, or your training materials, think about these five steps and think, how can I get my learners to move through these? Um, and on what sort of tools can I use for that to happen? And it really just key focus on student reflection and questions and getting the students to question what they're doing and to play and to use their imagination. And I think, um, you know, as I was saying, that that's why I really like this model. I think it can be really useful in a sort of online environment. So that is everything I have for you today. I hope this episode's been useful for you. Remember to subscribe to keep up to date with any new episodes. And of course, go onto our website, forstreetdigital.com to check out some of our resources on teaching online. So thank you so much and join me next time on the Fourth Street Digital Podcast. Yeah.